Hi, this is Cheryl Prashker, and you're listening to FolkPod. This week's guest is another wonderful Canadian singer and songwriter, Benjamin Dakota Rogers. Taken right from his own website, this pretty much sums up the young man whose music I've been listening to for many years now. Hailing from the countryside of rural Ontario, Benjamin channels his penchant for starry nights and nostalgia into a stylized Americana sound full of heartbreak and grit, featuring instruments like guitar, banjo, upright bass, and fiddle. Two-time Canadian Folk Music Award nominee and four-time International Songwriting Competition winner, at just 25, Benjamin promises to deepen the path he's already carved for himself in the years to come. Welcome, Benjamin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you this way. I appreciate you doing the show. And well, how have you been? I've been good. I've been busy. I've been kind of just like staying at my folks' farm. I kind of took a, not an intentional, just like I was just working on lots of other stuff, break from writing. Oh. I've started writing a lot more again and it's been nice. Good. We've actually known each other a, a whole bunch of years now and we have some other people we've spoken to recently, like Mama's Broke. You and I have the Godrich Celtic Roots Festival in common. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you started coming to the festival? I was probably 10 or 11, maybe a little older. And did you do the kids camp? Yeah, yeah, I did. Aww. That's how I got into it. That is so cool. I did like six years of the kids camp. You're a Celtic kid, Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I don't teach a lot, but like, especially older students. I'm like, you will get a lot out of this. It is very cool. You should go. Thank you. Well, it's amazing because there's yourself. There's Lisa from Mama's Broke. Cassie and Maggie McDonald also started attending uh, when they were in their teens. And cool. That's cool. We also have a young sound man, Liam Morley, who started the sound course when he was like 11 <laughs> and uh, is now finished school and is a professional sound guy. So it's a great testament to the festival, to the college, to the kids camp, that you guys are all out there mm. making a living in music and it's just amazing to see. So congratulations and I'm so excited to talk to you and hear what's been going on. Speaking of stuff that I don't know about you, what was the first instrument you picked up? Oh, definitely violin. Violin? Yeah, yeah. Like my first word was guitar. It was guitar. <laughs> Mom thinks that's funny. Yeah. Oh, she still make fun of you with that? No, no. She just thinks it's really cute. <laughs> it is kind of cute, I guess. It is. So I was like, I was obsessed with guitars. So like they got me a ukulele. My first Christmas that I could talk, I was asking for a guitar. So they got me a ukulele and then they got me a bunch of guitars and stuff over the years. And I almost always broke the previous one by pretending it was a stage. <laughs> I love it. But the first instrument that I really learned to play was violin. I was given my great grandpa's violin when I was like six. Wow. I never met him, but he passed away. And his son, like my grandpa, came down from Timmins. And that was the first time I met my grandpa. And he gave me this old violin. And it's terrible. It's like it's made of plywood and stuff. But it got me like super interested in it. So my following birthday... My folks got me a me-sized violin and lessons <laughs> with a woman down the road. Oh, so you took lessons. Okay, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I took like 15 years of lessons. I did all oh. the classical stuff and I did the old-time fiddle stuff with Karen Reed for a long time. Mm-hmm. She was a phenomenal teacher. Yeah, I had lots and lots of lessons. And how about singing? What age were you when you realized you could sing and that you'd like to sing? I think I was in high school. Like, I always sang. And I remember halfway through puberty, I was like, oh, I can't sing anymore. <laughs> And then it kind of like balanced out. I was able to sing. I didn't like my voice for a really long time. I think a lot of singers don't like their voice. Sure. But I think I probably started singing, singing towards the end of high school, like end of grade 12, maybe a little sooner than that. I can't really remember now. I'm sure you've heard this from people before, not just myself, but you sound like an old soul when you sing. 
Yeah, yeah, I end up getting that. I think that's a lot like to do with subject matter too. Sure. How old were you when you wrote your first song? And do you still have that particular song in your repertoire? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been in like grade 12 when I, I started writing my first song. I was writing lots of tunes. Like I was writing lots of songs on violin and mandolin well before that. But I started writing songs with lyrics, grade 12. Some of them even, not the very first couple, but the first few after that ended up on this EP that I put out, which I have scrubbed from the internet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. That I put out right after high school. But yeah, I definitely don't play any of them anymore. I don't even play songs from two records ago. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people that do that. It's like a weird thing releasing songs or like releasing music when you're not even an adult yet. And I look back at it and it just, I don't identify with the, the huh. music anymore because I wrote it when I was like 17 or whatever, right? Huh. Yeah. So you have four full length albums out, I think, that you're talking about <laughs> or that are up on your website. Yeah. Okay. There's four that are out right now. There's like an EP and three albums that are out. And the song of yours that sort of first caught my attention, of course, I heard you sing Whiskey and Pine from the self-titled album. And mm -hmm. I think you wrote that when you were like 18 or 19. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was 18. Yeah. The actual story behind that song is I was on a camping trip and I got probably as drunk as I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> and I wrote it and recorded it on my phone. Okay. And found it like two weeks later. Wow. I don't even drink. Right. It was like kind of a one-off thing. Are you saying you don't remember writing it? I remember playing my guitar and like writing, but that song was kind of like a surprise a couple weeks later when I was going through the recordings on my phone. So build me a campfire out of whiskey and pine Over the ridge and stay up to sunrise personally think it's one of the best written songs and i don't think you've at that age had lived that story personally like how do you sit down and write something that you may not have actually experienced or felt up until then and that's not the only song obviously but how do you do that yeah i don't know i really love stories like i have a huge book collection and and i always kind of pulled from that and i think that that's a big difference between my music that i made then and the music that i'm making now is I think I was pulling from like a lot of things that I'd read, mm -hmm. kind of like romantic ideas about the world that I hadn't experienced yet. There's still definitely story songs, but there's much more of me inside them. It's hmm. interesting. Well, I suppose that an artist can discuss this till the cows come home, but people who are fans from day one are always going to want to hear mm -hmm. those songs that bring them back to the time that they first saw you and whatever it was that they were going through at that time. The old ones, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I do hope 
that you do continue playing those songs. I still play Whiskey and Pine. Okay. People seem to like that song, so I always make an effort to play that one. Yeah. Although it's the only song from that record that I still play live. Really? So you don't do Whiskey for Blood? So I'm having this thing right now where it's like I'm kind of going in a different direction musically, Mm -hmm. and I'm deciding what I want to be out there Mm -hmm. and what I want to kind of scrub from the internet. And I was looking at it, and I was like, I really like these three songs from whiskey and pine and i was like maybe i will reproduce them and re-record them and re-release them so those songs still exist out there right but the whole record doesn't and whiskey for blood was one of the songs where i was like i still love that song can you tell us a bit about it man that's hard that's a long time ago (laughs) it was about my best friend or one of my best friends in high school who kind of moved away after high school and i just never saw them i see them not in probably the last four years, but right. after that, I saw them like once a year. They'd come back to Canada right? and we'd go for a picnic or something. But yeah, it was about that. So I throw my car to the west wind But she's already long gone Hopped that train down for nowhere no matter how fast I run, I can't keep up. And I miss her like an old tree in a year without rain. And I miss her like an addict cut off from cocaine. And I miss her like change. Pockets of my jeans And I miss her Like freedom To a man bound in chains And I miss her Like lost children That'll never be saved And I miss her Like Papa Standing over Grandma's grave song on whiskey and pine called the soldier song yeah that was um i wrote that in like one take <laughs> it was kind of weird i'd gotten this old dearmond pickup i bought a violin case and there was this old guitar pickup inside it and it was one of the ones that has the jack attached to the pickup hmm. so it didn't need any sort of special mounting so i had this little okay k guitar i think i stuck it with stick tack to the face of the guitar <laughs> and had it plugged in and it sounded really cool like, I still have the pickup, actually. It's not mounted on anything, but it sounds really cool, and I've used it for a couple of things. And that was kind of my first time really playing anything that resembled an electric guitar. And I was upstairs in my old bedroom playing it through an acoustic guitar amp <laughs> that sounded absolutely terrible. And just kind of like, that song just kind of like fell out. Listen to me, brother. 
Cause I'm coming from afar And I wanna be wherever you are And heed my words, sweet mother Cause I'm coming home from war And I'll be bloody in battle sore But I'm coming home Across the sea And I can't take you with me But I won't let you miss me And I'd give it all For king and country But I can't let you miss me I won't let this cruel war take So I'm going home. I don't entirely know where it was coming from. It was the weekend or the week that those bombings happened in Paris. Oh, yes. Hmm. And so I wasn't thinking about that while I was writing, but the news of that and stuff was probably bouncing around in my head, which is why it came out the way it did. Yeah. But anytime I'm kind of playing and I'm not practicing, I always record it because I inevitably end up writing something. It's amazing. And sometimes I have to like piece things together. But a lot of songs just kind of like come out fully formed and then I just make little word changes here and there. That was one that came out kind of in one take. Wow. Seriously, that's how you write some of your songs? Yeah, that's how I wrote most of my songs. I've never sat down with paper and written a song. I just kind of get in a mood and hit record And most of it comes out all at once. And then I just make little tweaks here and there or write an extra verse or something like that. Right. That's incredible. That's incredible. So the soldier song is one of those songs. Yeah. Hmm. And apparently so is Whiskey and Pine since... Right. You don't remember writing it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I said, it's the first time I saw you and heard you sing and was amazed and blown away. So, you know, that song just has a special place in my heart. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. So really do hope you keep it out there. And yeah, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with keeping older albums. I mean, yeah, you know, obviously recording techniques have changed. Think about some of the poor bands out there who, you know, only had one or two tracks to play on and their stuff is still out there. Oh, to be honest, I'd rather that. Yeah. I just feel like some of the older records, like they're overproduced. They're less raw yep. than I would like them to be. Agreed. Is there a song in your repertoire or your show that you have noticed over the years that people continuously come up to you and say, hey, that really touched me and I identify with that song? I think a specific time that that happened is I have a song. It's the last song on Better By Now. Okay. Saints and Sinners. And it was actually this moment that like made me put that song on the record. I think it was in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And there was this like really big gruff dude. <laughs> actually, that seems to kind of be the audience that identifies with me the most. Interesting. Who was just like crying through that whole song. Wow. And came over and gave me a big hug after. Your entire body shakes when you laugh. Like you're on a tight rope line. And I know that you love me I don't think that's a lie Won't you just say it or Meet me with a smile tonight 
got no secrets to leave to gold I've got no rivers for the souls But I wanna love before I'm old And they call us saints and sinners We're just looking for ourselves You won't find it in that bottle That I found on the drugstore shelf I said I'm not scared to die Oh, I'm scared of everything else And they call us saints and sinners And I fear nothing else And I fear but actually, thinking about it, it seems like each record kind of has had a tune like that. I was playing a prison. I didn't know that you did that. Yeah. Whenever I get the chance to, it's kind of hard to get in sometimes. Yeah. It's really rewarding. And you'll never have like a sweeter audience, oddly enough. They're so appreciative. Is there a song when they come up to you that you're surprised it's that song that they've chosen? Whiskey and Pine, that one always kind of makes sense to me. Sure. But some of them don't. Sometimes I have no idea why someone identified with something. Isn't that interesting? It's lovely. I think that's kind of the whole point is to make people cry and feel something. Exactly. And it's funny, like a lot of my music's kind of become a little more, maybe not upbeat, but it's faster than most recent stuff. But I I think it's still kind of having a similar effect, which is cool. And I was worried would be lost, but I still get lots of tears. That's kind of my gauge <laughs> for whether I'm doing it right. That's what we're looking for. Tears. <laughs> awesome. You have quite an amazing setup where you are living. I was fortunate enough to visit mm. with Shane Cook and the Woodchippers and yeah. do some video. You know, you have a unique situation, and I'm sure there's a lot of musicians out there that wish they had this situation. And I know that you sort of got even more into it during COVID. Like you said, you're on your family farm. Your family is so very supportive. Oh, they're amazing. Of all that you and your brother yeah. do. And they are such wonderful people. So how instrumental was that support in getting you to where you are right now? I put you on the spot to talk about your parents. Well, I don't think I, I would be nearly close to where I am in my career, just my art without it. My plan was to go to Humber for violin and I was studying for... I didn't know that. The exams. Yeah, that was always my goal is I wanted to be like a, an accompaniment violin player and like play for country bands and stuff. I had no idea. Yeah, I had my audition booked and I did all that stuff. And it's amazing. I was just feeling like weird mm -hmm. about it. I just finished recording that EP that I took off the internet. <laughs> I was feeling kind of weird about it. And then the EP got some Canadian Folk Music Award nominations. And I think both my parents, but I specifically remember my dad. He's like, you don't have to go to school. He's like, do whatever you want. Like, you make music. I'm not going to kick you out. You can stay here. And get better at writing songs and doing that stuff and play gigs and see where it goes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My, my life would be completely different without that kind of support. How lucky are you and how lucky are they to have you there with them? It's been lovely. And now I live in the barn. Oh, did you finish up the room up there? Yeah, I live in the barn. Oh. I have a full recording studio up there. I just finished a whole record up here. That's great. And I'm doing a couple other people's records. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of madly scrambling, trying to get a single together right now. We got sessions all day tomorrow, and yeah, it's amazing. I'll explain a little further, though, what I do here. Fantastic. So the other barn is 
like a video space where me and my best friend from high school, we shoot videos. It kind of started as I wanted a way to make inexpensive videos for myself at home and have them look like I'd paid someone to do them. So I spent a good chunk of the summer cleaning that barn out. My folks kind of insanely collect <laughs> antiques to the point that it just spills out into all of the outbuildings on the farm. And the barn was absolutely full and it was infested with raccoons and all this stuff. So <laughs> Peter Clausen, my bass player, my girlfriend helped me out for a couple of days. We cleared the barn out as much as we could and I swept it and washed it. And it's quite big, actually. It is. It is amazing. And so I was shooting videos up there and I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of getting into audio. This is probably like 2017, 2018. I was just kind of getting to that. I had like one ear trumpet mic. And kind of at the same time, I had just put out Better By Now, and I was happy with it. But I was I was really loving these records that were being made down in the States by like Gregory Allen Isakoff and mm-hmm. Nathaniel Radcliffe. Such a fan right now. Yeah, I really love what he does. Yeah. I love what that whole group does. Me too. And you remind me of him. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's probably why I like him, because I found him after I found you. So it's your sound that he's copying, just saying. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> No, he's brilliant. And my main thing with him is like his production style. Everything feels so like soft, but it's still detailed and it's very beautiful and it's warm. Yep. And I was like, I want my vocals to sound like that. I want my vocals to sound like warm and thick and like detailed and beautiful. And I have like this nasally brightness to my voice Mm -hmm. that condensers accentuate to the point that it doesn't sound very good when I belt. And so I have to hold back on certain things. And so we recorded better by now. The vocals were all on a U47, like a vintage one. And it sounded amazing. Mm -hmm. But I was like, it sounds good, but it's not how I want my voice to sound on my head. So while I was kind of getting into audio for these videos, I started looking for, started with the search for live mics to try to sound better. So I, I bought a ton of mics and took them back and tried a bunch of stuff and settled on something. When I record it though, like it works live, but it, when I record it, it doesn't sound the way I want it to. So I started buying studio vocal mics, tried a bunch of stuff. Huh. And then I kind of got my heart set on a an RCA R44, which was vastly out of my price range. <laughs> okay. But I really, I really wanted one. And so I, I started selling a lot of gear that I had and saving up and I got it. I got it for a crazy deal, actually. And I was like, this is how I want my voice to sound. And it, it just kind of spiraled. I kind of went down that rabbit hole with every instrument <laughs> I use on records. Okay. Where I was like, okay, this is how I want my acoustic guitar to sound. I'd buy a bunch of microphones and try them and take them back. And I guess the funny thing is I ended up with a really nice collection of mics and they're pretty much all ribbon mics. Okay. And I found a forum that was talking about the production of some records that I'm really fond of. And it turns out they used all the same mics. So my ears were kind of like directing me to what I wanted. Fantastic. Yeah. So now I shoot videos using all those mics. Where can we find some of those videos? Uh, so the page is called Lazy Old Moon Recording Company. Okay. I think there's only three videos posted. I have a bunch kind of stored away, but I was waiting till the pandemic was over. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really help anybody to release videos when we can't tour. Right. Right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. So I've got a set of videos to post. This is great. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So I shoot videos up there and then... I had bought all this gear. This is kind of the middle of the pandemic and I was bored. And so I started to put together an EP, which just kind of officially fully came out. It's full of little flaws. It was very much my learning kind of recording. It's okay. It's all right. But I'm actually quite, still quite happy with it. 
I was mixing in a, a room that sounded terrible, but other than that, I'm pretty happy with it. Looking forward to hearing some new music. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all on Spotify. Right. And, and it, it got me really into production. Before we talk about new music, I have a question about Better By Now, and I'd, I'd love to play the song. Uh-huh. We'll play the song off the album. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ain't it funny how I can't even say your name? And I would if I could, but I can't. It only brings me pain. And you're not bad. You're just bad for me. You left me begging at your door like a dog looking for something to eat. And I really ought to know better by now. I really ought to know better by now. I really ought to know better by now. But damn it, I don't. But damn it, I don't. But damn it, I don't. Yeah, baby, I don't. I love that song, and the album is fantastic. Well, where were you in your life? When you wrote those songs and how did they come to you? Better By Now was like a kind of a weird record in that I started it with the producer that I did my first records with. Uh, he was a guy in Brantford. He was really lovely to me. We made very cheap records and it was great. But I came into him with a record of songs and we started making it. I was 19. For Better By Now you were? Uh, ooh, was I? No, okay. I was I was 20. <laughs> Whiskey and Pine came out right before... I turned 20 because I was like, I'm going to put three records out before I turn 20. And that was my goal. And I did it. And I hate them all. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell people, and it never fails, you have to put an album out to get to the real album. Yeah. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. I mean, you just have to. So I, I put those out. And so I was working with this guy. It was the first time I kind of knew what I wanted. I had enough opinions, I think, about production at that point to know that that wasn't the thing and I was playing a show in Hamilton at Catherine North Studios, and I met Dan Hoche. Mm-hmm. We kind of chatted, and I had received a JSR, Factor Grant, mm-hmm. to make this new record that I had just started. It wasn't really working out. It was like to Dan, I was like, I have this budget because of this grant. I have like 50 songs. Can we make a record? So we recorded like 25 songs. Wow. Yeah, we recorded a bunch of songs and scrapped a lot of songs. He was amazing to work with. We worked together for the better part of probably six months, maybe more. So I was going to ask you how you like working with a producer. So yeah, he was wonderful. That experience was my first real studio experience. Mm -hmm. Like it really couldn't have been better. Like Dan's great. The gear was great. I didn't know how great the gear was, but the gear was great. Mm -hmm. It was a good snapshot at where I was musically at the time. Yeah. Would you do the, us the honor of playing a new song for us live? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you got? Oh, well, I don't know. So there's all this confusing stuff happening right now because of TikTok and stuff. But <laughs> Yeah, which we're going to get to. Yeah, the record I just finished recording is called Coyote. That kind of feels like the greatest thing I've 
done musically in my life at this point. Did you produce it yourself in your studio? I did. Okay. And with actually, I think you've met Peter Klassen, my bass player. Yeah. We're quite close and I've talked to him about how I wanted this record to feel. Mm-hmm. We've been playing together for four years. Well, he's a great bass player. He's a great bass player and he's just a lovely human. And I really trust him like musically. He went to U of T for bass and mm-hmm. just has a wonderful ear for harmonies and chords and stuff. He does. He sings beautifully with you. Yeah. He was here throughout the whole process. And so he's got a co-producer mm-hmm. credit on the record. Yeah. He was kind of like my musician translator. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. For a lot of stuff. And it was really wonderful. But yeah, we produced it all here, recorded it all here, recorded almost all of it in a week, just had sessions lined up every single day uh, in December. And it was wonderful. Fantastic. Well, I've not heard it yet, so I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, it, it comes out, I think October is the plan. Oh, okay, so it's not out yet. I'll play Easy On Me. Excellent. Do you remember sneaking out? After all lights turn off And running through the woods Like they were on fire And we'd meet up Beneath that sycamore Beside the highway Near the water tower Ooh. 
description was just one word I threw it in the dumpster behind the restaurant Cause I couldn't make sense of just one verse And oh baby go easy on me And oh baby go That was Benjamin Dakota Rogers with a new song off an upcoming album. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Thank you for uh, letting me play. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited that you have new material out. So you uh, mentioned in a chat we had briefly that um, your social media and your TikTok world and your Instagram world and everything Benjamin Dakota Rogers online has exploded. So tell us about the process of just the whole DIY thing during covid how people are finding you and what's that been like so it's been really weird and really cool i wrote this kind of like bluegrass record towards the end of last year mm-hmm. i guess it would have been the fall not really with the intentions of recording it actually i guess i should preface this with i try to post the tiktok like every day i missed like three months in a row, but like I try to post it every day. I've been told that I should. <laughs> okay. And the growth that can come from it is incredible if you get lucky. So I was trying to post a lot and I got really lucky. A song got like 200,000 views overnight last year. Excuse my TikTok ignorance here. Are you posting a full song, a snippet? What are you posting? Yeah, just little snippets, anywhere between like 10 seconds to a minute. Okay. So, so yeah, I got really lucky And that was like this little boost. It's like my Spotify followers went from like 500 followers to 1,500 followers. Nice. I might have gained like 100 followers on Instagram and I got marginally more streams than I had before. Okay. That song was Charlie Boy. Him, would you marry me? She 
I kind of immediately was like, okay, I have to record this song. <laughs> so luckily I have a good home setup. I wasn't in the studio I'm in now, okay. but I had built an isolation booth in my bedroom and kind of just turned my whole bedroom into a studio. <laughs> so I, I recorded that as quickly as I could and released it. And it went good. It really bolstered my streams and people were paying attention to my music in a way they hadn't before. It's amazing. So I tried to keep up posting through the year. And then when December rolled around and it was time to like really buckle down and make this record Coyote, I was like, I'm not doing social media that entire time. I just want to focus on a record. I didn't do that at all. And then about two weeks ago, I'm pretty much finished all the mixing on Coyote. Okay. And I was like, okay, it's time to kind of get back to social media and be present so that there's people out there that are looking forward to this record coming out. Right. Even though it doesn't come out for nearly a year, I was like, I got to start to build some sort of... Well, some hype. ...following and get the following that I had before interested in in what I do again. And like the third video I posted hit a million views overnight. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And so now it's at 3.2. Does it let you know where these hits are coming from around the world? Yeah. Yeah. It's all the southern states. <laughs> oh, Really? They love me down in like Texas and <laughs> Georgia and all down in there. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that with your style, with your voice and yeah, and like you said, the song topics. Yeah, for sure. Now, have you toured down there? I haven't. I've toured the East Coast of the States, but that's it. I can yeah. actually, I have my computer open right now. So in the last seven days, I've had 2,000 listeners in Canada mm -hmm. and 15,000 listeners in the Southern States. Okay. <laughs> We're putting a tour together, Benjamin. Yeah, right? And even the UK is kind of tied with Canada. It's time. It's time. But yeah, I really need to go do a tour down south. Yeah, you do. And you know what? You need to go overseas as well. I think you'll be very well received. Yeah. I had a tour booked for 2020. Oh. It got canceled, obviously. Okay. But I was supposed to head over there for the first time in 2020. But yeah, so it hit like a million streams overnight. And oh, then crazy. it's climbed up to 3.2 million now. The song's not out. It's called John Came Home. John came home from war this morning. He found his wife. She wasn't there. And a cold, cold feeling crept through his bones when he found a note at the bottom of the stairs. Said, I'm in love with your brother. I'm in love with the preacher. And I'm in love with the man from the south. Oh, you're fine, but I changed my mind. Out of town. Well, John flew into the rage like thunder. He brought his fist down and it cracked the floor. And he thought it broke bone the way he screamed and he roared and he headed right back out the door. Said, I'm gonna find my brother, I'm gonna find this preacher, and I'm gonna put them underneath the it's just on TikTok. Just on TikTok. Yeah. Okay. We were supposed to have a video shoot yesterday uh -huh. for that song, but power went out. Oh, right. We've had some weather. Yeah. So I'm kind of scrambling trying to get this single together because I have 6,000 messages asking me where it is. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. No, it's insane. Oh, I love it. Again, it had a much more drastic effect on my streams and just my life in general 
than anything else has. I was getting like 200 streams a day-ish. Right. Right now I'm getting about 25,000 streams a day. Fantastic. So excited. So yeah, it's been really crazy. So I've got a session all day tomorrow recording it. I have Wednesday to mix. It goes to mastering on Thursday, gets uploaded on Friday, and I'll have to wait two weeks. Fantastic. Very exciting news and exciting things going on for you, Benjamin, virtually right now. But do you have any live gigs happening? Do we have anything in the books yet? Yeah, they're kind of starting to come back. It's funny. I have a ton of gig offers right now in like Florida and Texas and stuff. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know where the world's going to look like. It's like, they're all so far apart. I'm like, I don't know if I'll be able to take them, but I'm keeping all the venues in mind for when I tour down there now. Oh, for sure. And there'll be other things to put together in between. Yeah. The main stuff that I'm getting right now, I'm surprisingly booked for a lot of weddings. Really? seems like everyone's coming out of COVID and getting married. I almost never play weddings, and I think I have like three this year. And what do they want? Your murder ballads? What are they looking for? Yeah, that kind of stuff as like okay. first dance songs <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, Whoa, you do you? That's great. <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing that kind of stuff. And actually, a lot of that stuff kind of came from TikTok and that kind of stuff, oddly enough. People were like, huh, play my wedding. And I'm like, fantastic. pay for my guests and pay me to be there and I'll be there. <laughs> there you go. So yes, I'm doing that kind of stuff. Lots of gigs are starting to come through. Good. I'm playing a couple shows in May with my buddy Jesse. His project's called Awoke and is wonderful. I played a nice show at the Bush Home the other day. So yeah, it feels like gigs are back. Felt like that last year, but it feels like they're really back this time. Yeah, <laughs> good. And I hope you get some summer festivals and yeah, me too. things get started again. I'm super excited to hear the new music. I think it's a great idea if you guys actually bring other people in and produce their albums. You're going to be doing some of that? Yeah, I've I've started that. I'm working on a record for a buddy named Mitch Zetas right now. Mm-hmm. And I just met up with a guy the other day. I think I'm going to be making a kind of straight up old time bluegrass record. Excellent. That'll be a fun project for me. Now that I have this studio and I write a lot, my plan, whether it happens or not, is kind of to indefinitely put out a song a month for the rest of my life. Very cool. I'm excited about that. <laughs> I kind of can now. Yep. And they'll be broken into records and stuff. But Sure, sure. I'd like to have a single to put out once a month. Fantastic. I guess kind of starting with this song, John Came Home from TikTok. But the other thing now is I have all these fans that kind of want me to play bluegrass. <laughs> and I have a bluegrass record written, but it's not recorded. So I'm like, maybe. That'd be cool. Let me know if you need some bluegrass snare. That is my favorite thing in the whole world to play. Well, We have to ask you this. We ask every artist this. I've had one artist that we did not ask this, and I've had people ask me why we didn't ask this question. (laughs) So it's pretty serious. Our fans are pretty diehard when it comes to this question that I ask everybody. And nobody gets to know that I'm asking this ahead of time. So Benjamin has no idea this is coming. But Benjamin, Mm -hmm. tell us all something funny, quirky, weird about you that nobody would ever guess. Ooh. And go. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. My tummy. Every time I go on tour, I put on like 10 pounds. And my belly, when he grows, his name is Gilbert. (laughs) So now everyone in my band, everyone's tummies have names. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to look any of the band 
in the face again. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be giggling the whole time I'm watching, especially if I get you at the end of the tour. Yeah, right. If I get to see a gig that's at the end of the tour. <laughs> None of them gain weight. They all oh, stay okay. the same. Yeah, it's just me. It's just you. <laughs> I'm away from home. And like, I try really hard to like eat well when I'm at home. I do lots of foraging and hunting and try to eat pretty good here. Uh-huh. And then I turn into a little maniac when I'm on tour. <laughs> all bets are off on tour. That's a great one. If there's an award, it's definitely going to you. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. <laughs> great. Hey, where can people find you on the interweb? On all the social medias, but Twitter under Benjamin Dakota Rogers. <laughs> I hate Twitter. I refuse to get an account. Okay. But yeah, like Instagram, Facebook. I am probably most present on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've got a great YouTube page, so folks, go over there and see some live videos. Yeah, my YouTube is also Benjamin Dakota Rogers, and then on all of the streaming platforms, there's songs, and there's kind of constantly new songs being added. And if you want a murder ballad at your wedding, he's the man. Yes. That or just like <laughs> sad, depressing heartbreak. Depressing song. <laughs> you can find me on TikTok as uh, Benjamin Dakota Rogers. Excellent. I'm checking you out. I'm a TikTok newbie, so Sweet. it's pretty embarrassing, actually. It's a weird platform, and it's not something that I scroll through right. for pleasure, mm -hmm. but it's been an invaluable tool growing an audience. Awesome. Benjamin, I wish you all the best of luck with everything coming out, new music, the videos, your video production, and producing CDs. I'm so excited for all that you have going on. And thank you. Thank you so much for letting us chat with you, and I'm excited to introduce you to some new fans. Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. You bet. It's always fun to catch up. I've actually been very excited for this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we've known each other a while and it's like, I'm thinking to myself, like, <laughs> just like so cool that I'm sitting down and chatting with you. And now I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll ask him to produce my CD. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's cool. It's very cool. I absolutely adore you and I adore your music and I'm just super excited for all that you have going on. So thank you again for being on our show and folks, you've been listening to Benjamin Dakota Rogers on FolkPod. FolkPod is a production of Long Story Short with me, Cheryl Prashker, your host, producer, and lead schmoozer, and Shauna Boniface, creator, producer, and editor. Like and subscribe to FolkPod wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us five stars on iTunes. It really helps raise our profile for more listeners. Catch us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The FolkPod. Thanks for listening and hope to see you next time. <laughs>